Today is um, Monday, October 10th. It's uh, 6 o'clock p.m. This is the regular city council meeting for the city of Zephyr Hills. At this time, I would like to I would like to ask Miss um, Jessica to call the uh, call to order the meeting, please, and and uh, call do roll call. Yes, ma'am. Jody Wilkinson here. Lane Smith here. Ken Burgess here. Charlie Proctor here. Alan Knight here. Jean Whitfield here. Matt Maggard here. Billy Poe here. So. Um, we're fortunate to have with us today uh, Reverend Jennifer Bennett. But Ms. Bennett, before we start, I'm going to uh, turn over the floor to our Councilman uh, Alan Knight to uh, for a remembrance of a of a major. Um, we can all stand and yeah, be prepared. Our community lost a great man. I hope I can get through this. Nelson Ryman passed away. Friday was a week ago. Not only was he a great friend, he was a friend of the city. Uh, I have never met a man that was always smiling, and most of all, he said, what can I do to help, especially at school? Uh, he, I, I don't know of a football game he ever missed. He raised two fine young men for, for boys, and he will greatly, greatly be dismissed. Uh, if I, oh, okay with you, Reverend, before we get started, uh, they laid Nelson to rest today, and we want to say a special prayer and remembrance for the family. But at this time, could we please pause and remember, like I say, one of the greatest men I ever knew. Thank you. Let's pause, and I'll end it. Thank you very much. Rest in peace, Nelson. Miss Bennett. Reverend Bennett, if you would join us, please. Good evening. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I bring before you the Council of Zephyr Hills, the City Council. I ask for your wisdom and guidance. I ask for them to make strong decisions for our community, that they will remember each person who lives here and how they will be impacted by the decisions they make this evening father we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and honor in jesus name amen amen, amen. join me for the pledge of allegiance i pledge, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen Presentations for the mayor, it doesn't look like so. At this time, uh, we have uh, several consent agenda items. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, to entertain a motion to or to remove any of any of these items from the consent agenda, or if not, a motion to approve. Madam President, I'd like to remove uh, two, three, and four for quick discussion. Okay. So, do we have a motion? Uh, we have a motion. Do we have a second for that? I second. <clears throat> okay, we have a motion and a second to remove items 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3 from the consent agenda. Two, no, two, three, and two, four. Three, and four. Oh, thank you. Two, three, and four. Let the record show the correction. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Madam President, I would move for approval of the remaining. Second it. 
Motion and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Like sign, none. <coughs> Motion carries. Next, um, let's talk about uh, item 1.1, change order number one at AJAC paving construction agreement. Ms. Oh, yes. Actually, it's two, three, and four. One, kind yeah, of lump 1.2, them. request council approval of Jones Edmund task assignment. Thank you. Sorry about that. I'm just going to kind of lump them all together because they're all on, on the same thing. We, you know, um, they're going to involve digging, and we had an issue here recently that ended up being a cost overrun for us. So I just want to make sure that as we go forward with this, that if the utilities, because I understand that they don't have to mark them for us, is what, what reason we were given anyway, so that we make sure that we uh, we to get this a handle on this up front so that it doesn't come back to us later on with the uh, cost overruns. Completely understood. Okay. Yes. That's all. That's we'll all make sure the right plans or, you, or detailed is, plans are. May I, and, and that is a great point because re remind me why we didn't know about it before. Is the <clears throat> there was a cost savings up front to go into the more detailed plans. And I don't know what that cost savings was, um, but because of that, not everything was marked in the ground um, <clears throat> because there was, there was a lot of lines um, and not everything was marked. So when they started digging, they found the lines. And then gotcha. there was a change order because of you know changes that needed to be made because of lines that were fiber that were in the ground. So yeah, and we will make sure that going through some residential areas similar to what the other one did. So there's going to be. Correct. You know, some of that along the way. Yes. Lesson learned on the last last project. So how do we determine if we need to spend the money to locate these lines then? I think we just do it on every project. Gotcha. Okay. Thank yeah. you. And um, so, for example, if, if Frontier, for example, if that's the fiber lines, if they don't have record of it or they don't have accurate records, then whose responsibility is it? I believe it would be Frontier, but I can verify that. Okay. Yeah, we just have them standing marked. by to make repairs if, in fact, there's something Correct. there that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So two, three, and four. Uh, do we have With any that, further I... discussion regarding this matter, gentlemen? No. Okay. Well, I'll move for approval of uh, two, three, and four. Second. Of a motion and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Like sign. Motion carries. Next item is Acme Development on Wire Road, CR 54. Is that um, is it, someone from the planning department going to address? Mr. Corpo, if you would state your name for the record, please. Thank you. That's working. Rod Corvo, Senior Planner, City of Zephyr Hills. Good evening, council members. This project you heard approximately six months ago and instructed the applicant to go to the county and work with them on right-of-way use permits for access, left turn lanes, right turn lanes and such. So I'm just going to give you first a 30 second refresher on it and then report to you. So this project is approximately a, a thousand feet or so north of uh, the intersection in County Road 54. Is that something I'm doing? No. Okay. Uh, and the petition to remind you is to annex into the city and then assign a future land use of residential urban and then assign a zoning of R4. The property is approximately five acres. Next, please. Uh, as you can see up on the map, it's in an area. If you go to the next map, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's in a fairly dense area that's uh, a lot of uh, over to the west, we've got uh, the Driftwood, which is a single-family attached residential uh, 
project, and then it's surrounded by a lot of mobile home RV parks. So there's a lot of density there. So that's why we're recommending approval for the R4 zoning district and the RU future land use zoning category. Uh, next, please. Here's the illustrative purposes only. Here's the proposed site plan. So to update you on this, the, uh, the county has determined under their code and then also under our code that this is exempt from access management, meaning left turn lanes and right turn lanes. However, there is a 15-foot right-of-way dedication that the applicant uh, needs to uh, basically for entitlement for to the county for, uh, for wire road improvements, future improvements, okay? And then also, if you remember, this goes back to the talks of density. The applicant is uh, putting forth a deed restriction of 55 units for townhomes on this project. And that's a voluntary deed restriction. So those are the updates. Basically, in a nutshell, there's a deed restriction. There's a 15-foot right-of-way dedication. But there is no access management through turn lanes, left turn lanes, or uh, right turn lanes. If you have any further questions, I'm here. And then the applicant's representative, the engineer of record, is here. And then the traffic consultant is also here. We also have a first reading of the ordinance for annexation to present. Okay. So at this time, let's just start with uh, questions. Does anyone have any questions of Mr. Corvo or any representatives from the, um, do we have someone who would like to speak? Okay. Oh, I would just like to ask a question if I could. Yes, and you, you said that the left and right hand turn lanes, they weren't required for this project? That is correct. Um, I guess at what, I mean, and I just think about it because if you had another five acre with 55 and another five acre with 55, you know, at what point, it, because you start getting densities to where you probably need it, I mean, what do they look at? Do they look at the level of service of the road and the size of the project? Or Correct. So it, it's under a peak hour of 50 units, so it falls under that category, and so that's why it's exempt. And so it's it, a time of day also. Correct. It, it looks at the peak hour, so it's not taking into account average trip. It's, it's the peak hour, absolutely. Is that the, I mean, is that a, I mean, obviously that's the way they did it. Is that the way that every, all of the projects are measured during the peak hour? Well, we're updating our code. Our code specifies uh, it's 1,200 average daily trips, okay? So the county's a little bit ahead of us, so we're updating. As, as a reminder, we're working with the county on updating our part of the LDC uh, regarding that. But they, they look at the requirement for the, uh, the peak hours, okay. absolutely. But the traffic study that was done is, is a standard traffic study. Correct. Correct. Yep. And it, it, and it said that they are based on that criteria and the DOT criteria in Pasco County. And Pasco County, that's a Pasco County road, right? Correct. Okay. Yes, so mm -hmm. they're the issuing uh, entity for the right-of-way permit. That is correct. Yes, okay. sir. Yeah, and I included that in your packet. I, I thought that was yep. right. And then the only thing I'm concerned also about is a sidewalk on Wire Road. The applicant will be required to uh, install a sidewalk. Okay. And that's part of the right-of-way um, right application process as okay. well. Yep. And if that's I, included in the dedication. If I can interject, so there is a sidewalk or trail uh, all along Abbott Park. Um, I just saw that they're installing or constructing the sidewalk or trail in front of the Duke substation. That was being built today. Like they were, yeah. right. they were floating it today. 
Um, and so from Daughtry Road South, I know Todd's had several conversations with the county, has been working with them for several months, probably closer to a year, um, to, to make that connection. The, the issue is just the constrained right away there. Um, from Dare, or excuse me, Daughtry all the way south of 54, but staff is working to make that connection. And there, I, I know there's some areas where we have more, but then it correct. narrows up. And I think I had a conversation with Todd that we just need something, even if we have to pinch it down to three foot in some spots, because kids are going to be going back and forth I, to school on that. I saw today I came came that direction after school, and there was probably six or seven kids walking um, wire road in that section where there's right. no sidewalk yeah, and, and, and I know y'all are pushing to get that too so whatever we need to do to push we let's do it because if we if we start now it's going to be three years before it's put in Absolutely. I mean that's just the way that things work so yes. which is ridiculous but that's just the way it is and to Billy's point there's a lot of infrastructure that's in the right-of-way that has to be avoided some of it is moved and so it jogs around so absolutely it's always harder to go back and retrofit these existing rights away rather than carving out into virgin yeah. territory they're a little more challenging but they're still actually in a lot of ways more important the sidewalk sorry is the sidewalk proposed on the development side or on the opposite side um do, do we know that i believe it's on the west side isn't that where we're coming down from the that would make uh, sense yeah. or it should be yeah okay so as a, as a staff, we'll work on getting that sidewalk instead of installed in front of the project yeah. on the west side, which is where we're missing the links. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Adam. Yes. Um, you said that they are going to do a voluntary deed restriction to cap at a maximum of 55 units. At our current zoning, they could put in just under 100 units, correct? Uh, yeah approximate that would be gross so they yes, they almost cut it cut it in half what they could have done or what they could have applied for yes sir thank you mr Knight, any questions no, i think for me the 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 thing that i'm happy to see is the deed restriction number one and i think the other thing that you and i talked about was that i'd like to see the retention at the prop the, at the front of the property one of the biggest challenges that i think we have particularly along wire road is you know fence after fence after fence and there's no relationship between the development and the neighborhood and sure. the the roads and like even when i look at duke energy they were supposed to have landscaping along that now the, the sidewalks right up to their fence mm -hmm. and so now we have a hot sidewalk with a with a blazing white fence and it's just terrible it's a terrible condition and I would like for the planning department to go back to Duke to be sure that they've done uh, what they were what they committed to, if you would, because um, they removed landscaping to put in the sidewalk, but still landscaping was a requirement along that that wire road at that location. Yes. I did have one. Funny, there's only one way in and one way out. Yes, sir. But to the, I guess it would be the south where there's no way, that, there's no other way for, to get people out. No, and, and here's, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, to tie the president's point in uh, from a sense of place, where the applicant is very understanding that this is already in an existing developed area. So landscaping and buffering is going to be very important, not only from the rights of way, but also the adjacent properties. We've heard from several uh, interested 
and concerned residents, and the owner is very sympathetic to that. Um, but no, that's a site planning issue. The engineer is here if you'd like to direct that to him. But because of the unit count, uh, there isn't a requirement to have a, an additional access point on there. And the applicant needs to work with, and they have begun the process of working with Pasco County for fire rescue to make sure that the uh, vehicles can get in and get out easily as well. I'm always yes. concerned, but when I, when I see one way in, one way out, at what could happen, and you you hit the nail on the head, people trying to come in, fire department, sure. so forth, and the rest of them are trapped. Sure. Can we work on that? Absolutely. I think if well, you look they're, they're at the site plan, there is a loop, so someone could drive in and drive around. But you're right; they're just there's that one access. But I, I know that situation exists in the other neighborhoods in that area. There. You know. Yes, Rodney. There's a stub out to the north, correct? That should I, the northern that. Yeah. should the northern property develop, there could be an interconnect. That's correct. And right now, it serves the purpose of it. It can only be a certain uh, linear footage, so that the the truck can go in and then easily back out. And until that does uh, hook up the future development, yes, sir. Okay. Yes. If, we, if there are no further questions, do we have a motion for approval? Doesn't he have to read it? We need I to do. read. You're right. Thank you, sir. Read into the record, and it's also public hearing, so we need to open it up for a public hearing. This is item business item 2.1. It's the first reading of ordinance number 1443-22, ordinance of the city. In ordinance of the city of Zephyr Hills, Florida, annex an additional territory to be included within the boundaries of the said city, described as parcel numbers 0226210010360040 and 0226210010360000, located at 6700-6712 and 6718-Wire Road in Zephyr Hills, Florida, 33542 in accordance with Section 171.044 Florida Statutes as amended. Again, this is a public hearing. I'm going to open the public hearing at this time. Is um, Madam Clerk, is there anyone here to speak to the matter? Yes, we have two people signed up to speak. Okay. First one is um, Gwen Steer Stein. Okay. Stein. Yeah. Welcome, Ms. Stein. If you would please state your name and address for the record. Is this turned on? It's on. Yeah. My name is Gwen Stein, and I live at three eight seven five four Vulcan Circle. My name is Kim Adams. I live at three eight seven five four Vulcan Circle. And that's the mobile home to the that's a mobile home park to the east of this development. That's correct. Correct. Okay. My question is, um, is there a retention pond there? Where's all this water going? Because I'm three feet below that site. I'm yes, sir. If he's on the three feet hill up to me, so the, and the, it rises all the way to Wire Road. So if the retention pond's over here by Wire Road, you're on the wrong end of the thing. Water's that, not going to flow up the hill. Yeah, if you look at that picture, the, the green space in the bottom left corner of that subdivision or that development is the uh, proposed retention pond. Our trailer is that way. Right, so, so what they'd be required to do is do underground piping to get to that area. So, so 
Is our city water um, adequate enough? Because I have problems with it being hot now instead of cold and problems with the pressure coming and going now. Is 54 more homes, families going to slow it down to me worse? So, um, Mr. Uh, sorry, what you're on Vulcan? We right. are right I'm on Vulcan split, Circle, yes. The split is between those two groups. That oh, house okay. Right behind is our house. Okay, I'm all right. I'm sorry. Corner, I was right looking there. the other way. Okay. Swimming pool is. Mm -hmm. I'm the next one right now. And there is a drop off to our yard. Drops right off all the way to Winn Dixie. It goes downhill. Yeah, that land from Wire Road is six foot higher than my bottom of my trailer, and so, my trailer is two feet off the ground. So your concern is about drainage. We don't want to be here like the lady that was here last month. Okay. We don't want you to be. We here don't like want you to be either. Yeah. So, so you're concerned uh, so about I drainage, and then you mentioned mating gopher turtles on there. How do I know they're mating? Because we got a 10-inch pair, and we got six, seven-inch. Can't get babies without mating. There's also a pleated woodpecker that's protected on there. Got his nest. Lots of land on there. Had babies this year. Um, why do we late so long to zone it different? Another question. Ain't nobody ever been on there until this guy was doing turtles, until I asked a question. Um, is it gonna be affordable? We got a homeless population not two blocks away right there by the high school that could definitely move in if it's affordable. And are they gonna leave us a barrier? Are they gonna yeah. take it right to the fence and leave us no barrier? Yeah. All right. I think so I'll get questions. those. Let's let's get we'll address each of those questions. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Mr. Corvo, uh, perhaps you could identify an engineer or someone sure, that can absolutely. help us with that. I'd like to take a, a couple of those myself. That when we uh, review these applications, there's an endangered species report that's presented. There's been a couple identified gopher tortoises, birds, and such. So. There'll need to be further investigation, and you, we can't issue permits until those species are identified and then potentially moved to a different area. So that's something that we're aware of. And then as far as the buffering is concerned, that is definitely something, as I alluded to earlier, the applicant is committed to buffering the property. I just conferred with our utilities director, Mr. John Bostic. He's not aware of any water pressure in the area. However, if I have that wrong, John, please correct me. And then as far as the site grading is concerned, and uh, the engineer is here, and I'll probably ask him to get up, but I'm not intimately involved with the topography of the site, but it will need to be graded, and then it will need, the water does need to be sluiced into this pond. But please, if you'd like to get up here, Mr. Scott, send it and uh, elaborate. Thank you. If I can interject real quick, there's a 20-foot setback with a 10-foot 10 10 buffer along that eastern boundary line. Is there any fence plan for that area? So we talk about buffer, it's both landscape and a physical barrier, or we don't know that yet? I'll let the engineer answer. Okay. I, I can so if you would please, sir, uh, state your name and address for the record. Thank you, Madam President. My name is Scott Stannard. I'm with Commercial Site Solutions. I'm here actually on behalf of the applicant who can't be here tonight because of a family matter. Um, but we're familiar with it. We've been working with staff for over a year, actually, and with council as well. Um, a couple of things I'll get to, and, and Rodney did a good job of hitting those. And the direct answer to the question on the buffers is yes, it's a combination of plantings and we're doing an opaque PVC fence. 
um, to provide some separation. As you can see in the aerial there, the, the density of the homes that are out there today is fairly dense. Uh, and the idea here is that we can do something a little different and have uh, the additional buffering that we actually have a playground and some open space that we're putting in uh, as well, just to try to make this thing a little bit less dense. As you heard, we're actually capping the number. The applicant has agreed to cap the number 55 rather than the allowable, again, to just try to make something a little different, a little nicer. Um, in concerns to the stormwater, we have topographic survey on the whole property. Uh, the area that you see on the front is kind of in light green. That's a combination of where the park will be. It's also where the stormwater pond will be. Topographic survey that we have actually shows our drainage peaks on the eastern side and drains west towards the road to a low area, existing low area there. Uh, hence why we've put the pond over there as well. That pond is designed. Could you repeat that? Uh, speak a little bit closer to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. I say uh, topographic survey shows uh, this property actually drains from east to west. It drains towards Wire Road. Away we've, from the mobile home. Away from the mobile homes. In. We've put the pond there on the western side next to the road. As was stated, uh, I believe it was you, Madam President, that the collection system will pipe that water to the stormwater pond. State law requires we treat that water for contaminants. State law also requires we attenuate those larger storms to the pre-developed rate so we don't overload the ditches uh, and the remaining stormwater system that's out there. So uh, again, I'm happy to take any questions on the technical side that you guys may have. Yes. Um, and thank you for coming up. Um, yes, sir. We, we did have an issue on a hill up here recently where during construction there was a significant flood through another property owner. So please do something for construction, take a hard look at that thing. Because like we said, we, we don't want to have these people come back and say, oh, they're putting water on us. I mean, and I know you said it, it slopes towards wire, which is good, but they're saying there's a big difference between them and the backside of this project. Sir, you bring up actually a really good point. Um, it's something council, I think, should take in consideration and the planning department as well. And that is there's an interim period during construction where the runoff is going to be different than what you see in the finished condition. As the engineer, we have to take that into account. We should take that into account. It's not in the code. It's not written that way. So everybody designs their pond that once everything's done and it's pretty and it's grass, pond works great. For 10 months or so, as it takes to build these homes out, you have an interim condition. The key in all of that and what we'll be doing on these plans is we're going to phase our construction. They should all be done this way. The pond is the first thing that gets built. And that way, whatever we're building after that, all that water still goes to that pond, which is designed to, to capture and treat that water. Thank you. I appreciate you keeping an eye on that, too. Yeah, it, so. it's an issue. It's a real it, issue. Mr. Burgess, any questions? No. Okay. So thank you very much, thank Mr. You. Sanford. And um, I think we've answered all of your questions there. Uh, the, the, the environmental survey that's prepared, um, you know, they're, they're not allowed to issue permits until either there's uh, a relocation of the animals that are there or an abatement or some other uh, method of containing them or providing a, a, an alternative for them. Um, and then the water issue, they're, they're saying actually that the water slopes that direction. They have a survey that, that says that. So maybe we'll encourage uh, them to go out and take a walk around the site to make sure. And then lastly, I heard that they're going to phase the construction and begin the pond first so that we can help avoid this, this terrible situation that occurred with Ms. Earl. And, you know, our, our planning department knows we want 
to be sure that that's, that sort of thing is incorporated in the ordinances and code going forward. So we have, um, we're, I'm going to, at this time, if there's no further comments, are there any oh, further those comments? Were, those were both I'm going to close the, the public hearing. Oh, yes. What was that? Those were both the same people that spoke at the same time, so we're, we're good. Okay. I'm going to close the public hearing. At this time, um, I would ask that you consider for a uh, motion. Move for approval of Ordinance 1443-22 on the first reading. Second. I have a motion and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Mr. Council. Corvo. Thank you. Next item under public hearings is business item 2.2. It is a first reading of ordinance number 1445-22, ordinance of the city of Zephyros, Florida, annexing additional territory to be included within the boundaries of the city of Zephyros, pursuant to the request of the owners of such lands and in accordance with section 171.004 Florida statutes as amended. Thank you, Mr. Maggard. off of US 301 South and Daughtry Road. I'm going to go ahead and open the public hearing and then um, we'll discuss any questions. Opening the public hearing. At this time, we have um, Mr. Vandenberg, our city planner, if you would state your name and address for the record and just give us a real quick recap. I think we, we, yep. we know this one is not impacting traffic terribly. It's uh, concealed from, you know, visual from, from visibility to a certain extent, and uh, they've made some strides in the appearance of the building, the architectural d design of the building that I think it's a win, but we'll listen to what your presentation is. Good evening, Council. My name is Todd Vandenberg, City Planner, the City of Zephyr Hills, 513 821st Street. Uh, this is actually the first of three land use actions that's t occurring tonight on this piece of property. As President actually indicated, we, we formally did a, a plan and report where we went into a lot of the details of these land use action. But just a, a brief reminder, um, the first ordinance tonight that we have is for the annexation. Later on in the agenda, we have another ordinance for the future land use and zoning. And then we'll actually get into more of the specifics, the details, the architectural elements that President mentioned in, in the actual conditional use where we have a PowerPoint presentation for you so again yeah this is the item for the first reading of the ordinance with 3.4 acres that's going to be annexed into the city it's a partial enclave that will be eliminated by the annexation of this land and you see the location that the city attorney described the location of the property it's within the city's joint planning area and utility service area boundary it does pass the tests the annexation tests as stated in Florida statutes 171 there is a unanimous recommendation to approve the annexation by the site plan review committee and the planning commission here to answer any questions thank you Adam yes, Todd that yes, that sir. piece is right the the frontage on that is on 301 where dices is correct correct and that dices will I, it, later on the conditional use I have a, a PowerPoint that shows that dice the old formerly dices restaurant <coughs> is going away it's part of their property but I'll, I'll show you that on a rendering that we show a view on that but yes it it connects to the primary access to Gall Boulevard it's actually the frontage road on the west side of uh, Gall Boulevard and then a, a rear access to Daughtry Road there'll be emergency access so uh, ironically as long as I've lived here I didn't even know that 
Uncle Ed behind there was there. You know, it, it's tucked away, and we'll show you some photos of that. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mr. Knight, Mr. Burgess, well, Mr. Uh, anything? Todd, going north on the frontage road. Yep. Isn't that correct? Me, I may have been on blank, but isn't there difficulty going north on frontage road to get to Doctory Road? Well, you, you got to go through that little strip center, and it is a little problematic. I don't anticipate people will probably go that direction. Again, this is a very low traffic generator with the, we'll talk about another item with the proposed uses indoor storage facility, low traffic generator. Um, but yeah, so we, we anticipate, you, you can go out, but you gotta go through that little strip center. So we anticipate most people will just jump onto that frontage road to get onto 301. I don't see it as being a, a big problem. I just wanted to make note that that does exist going north that way. Now, for them to exit, uh, they, I guess they'll have to go south to the exit, which is somewhere around Golden Corral. Yes, correct. Yep. Yes, sir. Entry the same way. Yes, sir. Or they could exit onto Daughtry and make a right and then turn left at the light. That's the other alternative. That's what I was pointing out, to right. go that, that way, you got to... I call it a little didoo. You got to zip, zip, zip to get out on a doctor. I think this is behind that, isn't it? Yeah, there's the offices access. along Daughtry Road. Line going north. Yeah, that's. Uh, is there access to Daughtry from the project? Yeah. Well, yeah. and we're still involved with the engineered site plan. Uh, we we had tentatively looked at doing that as an emergency access uh, with a Knox box, uh, but that that's where we're at right now with the engineered site plan. So at this time, we're we're only discussing the annexation. Just of the this annexation property. right now. Okay. And I have a site plan we'll, I can show we'll you here. We'll get to that in just a minute. So at this time, um, Madam Clerk, is there anyone here who would like to speak to this matter? Um, yes, we do have one person signed up for two point two. Kimberly Yothers. Okay. If you would join us, thank you. Hi. Please state your name and address for the record. Um, Kimberly Yothers, two nine two Terrace Road. I'm in Tarpon Springs. I'm a student um, at St. Petersburg College of Public Policy and Administration, and I'm just here to speak on a first reading. Um, I reviewed the project and met with Mr. Vandenberg, and he was very helpful. Um, it does appear as though he, this project is going to bring some tax base with little impact to the city. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it sounds like we have someone in favor. Is there any other further person to discuss? Nobody else no? has signed up. So at this time, with no objections, I'm going to close the public hearing. And um, does anyone have any further questions, or can we have a motion? Madam President, I move approval of this item. Second. We have a motion and a second to approve ordinance number 1445-22 on the first reading. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? None. Motion passes. Thank you very much. Thank you. So next up, we have our planning Madam, director's report for Abbott, uh, Abbott Square Phase Two Flannel Park. Madam President, yes. can can I make a request that we take items three one, three two, and three three, and move them to after the city attorney's report? Yes. And so it'd be after we, item four point three. Okay. We need a motion to make that reserve uh, that review. So we're going to move. Uh, item number items under 3.1 3.2 and 3.3 to um after the city attorney's report do we have a motion so moved second we have a motion and a second all those in favor please say aye aye aye, aye. aye. opposed motion carries 
So next up is our city attorney's report. Thank Sorry. you, Madam President. Just based on some of the contents of the planning director's report, it may make sense to do mine first. And, um, that's We caught that after the fact, so we apologize for that. So uh, item 4.1 is the first reading of ordinance number 1444-22, ordinance of the city of Zephyrills, Florida, proposing an amendment to the city's comprehensive plan providing for a small-scale comprehensive plan amendment to the future land use map changing from county red 6 residential 6d slash u per acre to city ru residential urban in the zoning designation from county ar agricultural residential residential to city r4 high density residential for approximately 4.95 acres of rural property located on wire road approximately 1,000 feet north of County Road 54 and having parcel numbers 0226210010360040 and 02-26-21-0010-03600-0010 located at Six seven zero zero six seven one two and six seven one eight wire road Zephyr Hills, Florida three three five two five providing for codification severability <coughs> and an effective date and this is the same piece of property on wire road that was addressed in business item 2.1 thank you mr. Maggard so this is the um, rezoning if the first one was the annexation, this is the rezoning. That's correct. It's not a public hearing. Okay. Do we have any questions or comments? Madam President, I move approval of this item. Second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item. Items business item 4.2, the first reading of ordinance number 1446-22, ordinance of the city of Zephyrills, Florida, approving a small-scale future land use map amendment to the city's comprehensive plan, changing the future land use classification from county ROR, retail office residential, to city MU, mixed use, and amending the city's official zoning map, changing the zoning designation from County C2 to City C2 Community Commercial for parcel 0326210010000020 providing for codification, severability, and an effective date. Again, this is a first reading, not a public hearing, and it is the Zephyr Hills storage parcel that was annexed in on business item 2. Okay. point two this is for uh the change of view so uh gentlemen do you have any questions for um for mr vandenberg or shall we are we prepared to make a motion and move approval of this item madam president okay we have a motion and a second all those in favor please say aye aye, aye. opposed motion carries next item is business item 4.3 this is a resolution the first reading of resolution number 803-22 resolution of the city council of the city of zephyr hills approving a conditional use for recreational vehicle storage in the li light industrial zoning districts on parcels 19 26 22 00 10 50 
0110 finding conformity with comprehensive plan and land development code and providing for an effective date this is for the park place boat and RV storage that was uh, brought before council last meeting okay so it looks like we do not have a slide presentation well I think it looks like well maybe we have a slide presentation here from mr. Vandenberg oh uh, Audrey McGuire, Historic Preservation Specialist and Community Planner. Um, this is just the same presentation that we gave last week in, ca in case anybody had any additional questions. Um, this is, again, located within the Park Place Industrial Park. Um, all the land uses surrounding it are industrial or associated with the airport. Um, right now, our land development code does require that recreational vehicle storage uses be considered as a conditional use in the light industrial zoning district, and staff was recommending approval. I recall that we've talked about it with the Planning Commission and it's little impact little to no impact on water little to no impact on traffic and it's a great use for that location do we have any questions for Ms. McGuire and I'd just like to reiterate that this uh, particular storage is going to have uh, covered storage that'll be buildings with the tax base there too yes great and with that I'll move uh, for approval of resolution 803-22 on the second. first reading we have a motion and a second to approve uh, Park Place Boat and RV Storage LLC conditional use. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing none, motion carries. Thank you. Thanks, Ms. Squire. Next, we'll go back to um, uh, Planning Director's Report. Uh, Mr. Vandenberg, if you would uh, tell us a little bit about item 3.1, Abbott Square Phase 2 Final Plat. Okay, while we're bringing up the location map, this is the a final plat that's been submitted by Lennar for work in Abbott Square located west of Simons Road here you can see uh, the location map of all of Abbott Square on the west side of Simons Road north of Island Boulevard uh, SVB Tennis Center uh, phase two is the the area uh, try to get a locate location map of the boundaries from the applicant we didn't get that in time electronically but essentially phase two is a, a mixture of single-family residential behind the Simons old Simons property and then a good part of those townhomes that you see kind of in the center uh, at the higher density so that's the location of phase two that that's under construction right now so a mix of those two uses we the, the infrastructure out there is incomplete so we have a performance bond that's been submitted uh, to be recorded along with the course the engineers estimate uh, included on uh, a subdividers agreement that we received we've of course had David Armstrong review and sign the final plat mylar for compliance with Florida statute planning standards that are set forth in Florida statute 177 um, the plat is consistent with the approved Abbott Square construction plans and the land development code standards for platting if approved tonight the mylar will need to be signed by the council president and just as a side note on this I wanted to mention that I met with the county engineering folks there of course is a planned uh, traffic signal located going to be located at Island Boulevard and Simons Road with some changes in the turn lanes that'll be a big improvement improvement for that area it's planned to get started uh, 
sometime in November and they they expect to be done in spring so that'll be a big improvement um, staff did recommend approval of the Abbott Square final plat phase two any questions yes, yes. And, and with that traffic signal there's going to be a right-hand turn lane right correct dedicated yes okay. um, and, and then I just wondered I, I thought we had put it in a developers agreement that that was one of the criteria but I didn't see it in this one that once they hit a hundred units that, that was a requirement am I wrong in thinking that or yeah and uh, yeah and it's underway so I don't and know that was part a... of the developers agreement for <clears throat> Abbott Park was with the 100 CO they would have to begin construction of the signal and that's just for phase one that's not even for this phase two right that correct that was just for development in general in general okay. so and 100 that, that was my question was that these, sorry, square, these lots yeah. that are being platted or are looking at being platted now uh, apply towards that total oh correct. yeah and it does, okay I just want to make yep. sure because I didn't see it in this particular. Yeah, they've already begun. Um, I, I actually got a call from a Mr. Reg who lives across the street from Simon's Road. Um, someone has been out there doing some test hole digging. I think okay. looking for some fiber. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good, very good. Uh, so they have not. I don't believe any of the homes have been CO'd yet. Um, yeah, model homes and, and and I had heard that we may be having issues with building permits out there. Is that? Resolve. That's been corrected. So okay. we had some issues with building permits, some water usage that was occurring. Um, so right. we brought the contractor in, and we had a conversation with him, um, myself, utilities director, building official, um, planning department. So that's like been that, corrected and resolved. Okay. Yes, sir. The other point to note: the southern entrance, which we anticipate is the main entrance, um, we we made sure they had a left turn lane into there so it, it's it's there now you can't see it that hasn't been marked but there will be a left turn lane and a through lane to get Good. people in that turn lane so people going northbound on simon's road can keep moving <coughs> uh with uh so we're, we're at the hundred uh, uh co's like we said but it looks as if they're actually going a little bit ahead of schedule yeah on that, yeah like. we we encourage them to get that done as soon as possible and once they got the county right-of-way use permit they're ready to roll because okay, it's an advantage with, for them as well yeah and especially with the back end gonna buy probably be completed around the same time so that'll be yep that'll yep. be good that's all gonna work out pretty good there yes sir i believe the permit was expires in january correct january 23 yeah i think it was if i looked at it if i saw it today yeah I believe it was you know which is interesting they they they're gonna start in November but they said uh, yeah around January February they thought they'd be done so I don't, I don't know maybe I'll work in the right away will be done by that permit expiration date um, so I have one quick question along Simons Road we look at the townhome those are townhomes I think aren't they on the upper that little leg that sticks up on the north end Oh, those are uh, well. Well, they're they're majority are one-story attached villas, but they're 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 villas. I guess they refer to them as. However, uh, we they thought most of them were most of them are one-story, but they do have a few two-story in there too, which they're different. They're a little different shape, and it, it's a gated area, so they are different than the standard townhomes. And the fencing along Simon's Road and the landscaping along Simons Road has that been addressed I don't yeah all that so. was reviewed in the PUD master plan we 
I think he had a lot of discussion about the type of I'm trying to recall the, the type of fencing, but a landscape buffer and uh, and, and trying to preserve as many of those oak trees. We we weren't able to do that on the north end, but the south end we've been able to do that. Good. Okay. Any uh, any further questions? Yes, Mr. Knight. This is way way in the future, but with the growth development and all that we're seeing there, do you honestly think Simon's Road can handle the traffic? Well, that's why we're putting in the signal, putting in the turn lane. Now we'll have turn lanes and, and uh, connection that, to Fort King. Um, now the, the future holds a, a, a rear connection to Dean Derry Road, which is also signalized. And down the road, as future development occurs to the south of the subject property, there's five acres. We'll, we'll look at working with them uh, to get obtain that uh, kind of right-of-way use permit to connect where we have a stub out here uh, where this road can connect to Dean Derry Road to get down to Island Boulevard where there's a traffic signal. So we think with uh, the two access points, the third one in the future to connect to Dean Derry that we can adequately handle the traffic. Based on, you know, and we did a traffic study and had Kimley Horn review it. And a little additional traffic will I help slow down the traffic that's out there now. But when we, you know, when that's finally connected in with Fort King, I mean, we're talking about, I won't call it a raceway, but it'll be well used if from other people. So, you know, Simon's Road is not that large. It's nothing yeah. that would yeah. do anything to this, but I think we seriously need to take that in consideration. Maybe I won't be here, but Simon's Road is not going to handle that traffic. You know, we, we see, you know, you think that, but then you look at Silverado that has one entrance in and out. Now we made a cross connect to the county development in the west, so that'll change. But right now, all those trips going out, you know, on Island Boulevard, and I drive by there all the time, and I, I very rarely see any backup of cars waiting to get on Island out there. I don't know if you all have seen anything different, but that's been my observation. You know, and, and one thing that we, we do have the advantage of is if, and like you said, we may need to pop out Dean Derry Road yep. at some point there to yeah. that light so at least I would give two points of access plus it's got to access on the northern end which will be yeah. nice and it's better than like you're saying one way in and one way out and like you said coach earlier that's not a good thing to have one way in one way out so I think we do need to look at as many angles yeah. of attack and ingress and egress as possible well I think we all my point is and I don't want to belabor the point but I think we all know that there's a I guess we could say it's in the air. There's going to be even additional development, and that's just going to put a strain on, on Simon's Road. And like I say, I probably won't be here and so forth, but I, I, it's, going to, it's going to take a beating. It's going to be a lot of people coming in and out. And you say Silverado, but Silverado doesn't hook up with any kind of main artery like uh, Fort King and so forth. Yes. Smith brought up a good point because in the original um, – plan there was an area on Dean Derry there where they were supposed to have an, uh, an entrance there right and you're talking about improvement there in order yeah. to utilize a light that has already exists yeah. and we we had discussions and first looked at that but then Pasco County said they're gonna have to redo Dean Derry Road they're gonna have to redo that whole intersection nothing was the code at the traffic signal then so then we discussed with Clark Hobby the attorney well 
we know we're going to have issues on Simons Road. Let's shift the focus and the priority to getting a traffic signal and turn lanes on Simons. So we thought that made good sense in the interim until another developer comes along. We'll address Dean Derry. Another issue on that it was the lack of right of way in the in the uh, yeah, energy poles. It's constrained there. I'm Dean Derry. Have to have a road diet. If there's nothing further any other questions gentlemen all right so let's take some action on this we have a motion and a second all those in play in favor please say aye aye, aye. opposed motion carries thank you ma'am uh, next up is the uh, planner director's report for island boulevard mixed-use PUD annexation Ms. McGuire Yes, good evening. Um, so this is a, a multi-step project. Um, it's an annexation for a portion of the project. Um, it's a future land use um, classification change for a portion of the project, and it is a rezoning to PUD for the entirety of the project. Um, so the, the subject property area is generally located at Fort King um, West or Island Boulevard, I apologize, west of Fort King Road. Um, so the annexation portion um, is about 11.75 acres. The future land use map amendment will consist of 21.92 acres. And the rezoning, which is the entire project site, is approximately 29.38 acres. It does still qualify for a small scale map amendment under the future land use classification excuse me, classification in the standards set by the state of Florida. So the annexation portion um, are those areas that you see not highlighted in red. Um, those two parcels are not currently in the city. They are an enclave area. Um, again, they're about 11.75 acres. It is located within our joint planning area as well as our utility service area. It does meet the standards um, of Chapter 171 Florida statutes for annexation um, and it will fill in an existing enclave area so the future land use map amendment again we have a couple different things going on um, so right now um, the parcels in question um, have a city residential urban um, land use classification for a portion of the property. That's about 10.17 acres already slated for residential urban. And those are those northern pieces of the property that you see in yellow. Um, their portion in the middle uh, is currently Pasco County Res 6, and the portion um, on the far west along Island Boulevard is Pasco County Res 9. The remainder of the property already has a mixed use classification and does not have to go under a change. Um, so those parcels, that we've mentioned will be going to um, city mixed use um, in total um, and it does not change um, the overall density allowed for those northern parcels at the top so it is 20 units per acre in the ru um, for those northern parcels that are already existing and it'll um, be 20 units per acre with a max 1.0 far under the future land use um, is what it would be changing to so when we look at the future land use um, suitability and compatibility, um, we go into detail in the staff report, but just as a synopsis, again, it is consistent with the requirements of Chapter 163 um, Florida statutes. It is a comp small scale comprehensive plan amendment. 
um, and is consistent with our LDC requirements. And surrounding land uses that we look at in the area, um, properties to the north are a mobile home RV, and that has a density range of five to 18 dwelling units per acre that are allowed. Um, additional properties to the north are also RU, residential urban, and that again allows up to 20 units per acre. Properties to the south are county res nine, Properties to the east um, across Fort King Road have a city um, future land use classification of MU, again, 20 units per acre. And properties to the west have, um, again, that mobile home, that RU, and there is one parcel um, of very low density residential, and we'll talk about that with the PUD. So the rezoning portion will encompass the entire subject property, um, which is again approximately 29.38 acres. Um, so right now the northern par parcels that you see in yellow, um, those are city R4 currently today, um, and that is multifamily allowing up to 20 units per acre. Um, the parcels along Island Boulevard are currently um, city OP or office professional, um, and then the parcels in the county are Pasco County AC and AR. Um, they are looking at rezoning everything to planned unit development. Under this PUD, a significant portion of the property um, you will see above will be um, slated for wetland mitigation and retention area. It is located within our basin of special concern, so there is some additional stormwater capacity needs that have to be met. Um, so majority of those northern par parcels will be encompassed um, by that retention area. So they're proposing a density and intensity breakdown. Um, the portion in orange that you see in the middle uh, would be slated for multifamily residential uses. The portion um, with the hash of both the red and the orange, that would be a mix. So that could be um, a mix of multifamily and neighborhood commercial uses. And then the non-residential portion or the NC portion of that plan would be um, neighborhood commercial office uses only. Um, right now we're talking about 347 maximum allowed units at this project, which would be 11.98 dwelling units per gross acre, um, which is underneath of that 20 units that would be uh, allowed under the, the future land use. So the non-residential um, intensity, you would still be looking at um, a 0 0.50 floor area ratio. And that's between 172 and 173,000 square feet of office neighborhood uses. And then um, just staying on the slide, I do wanna kinda talk about the uses that are proposed um, on this site. So right now, um, most of the multifamily uses that they're anticipating are going to go up to four stories. Um, and that's only in that, that MF portion. Um, up to four stories would be allowed in the orange portion of the site. Um, and that is what they are asking for. The portions that are fronting Island Boulevard would be maximum of two stories only. And then um, uses that we're looking at for the non-residential would be medical office, small cafes, um, restaurants that are limited in size, retail that is limited in size, and those uses are called out on that PUD master plan that is included in your packet. Um, one specific use I do want to mention is that staff has recommended removing off that plan um, a drive-through restaurant use. Um, the applicants have requested to leave it um, for things that are like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts, um, one of those smaller users, but staff feels that it is too intense of a use. Um, 
and, but again, they have requested to keep it. Staff is recommending against it. Um, if you could go back one more second. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so there are some transportation-related um, issues that came up at the Planning Commission. Um, the Planning Commission did recommend approval for this project, but with the condition that the intersection at Island and um, Fort King and, and some traffic-related concerns be addressed. Um, so staff met with the consultants who are here tonight um, for their traffic engineers uh, who've been looking at this, as well as our traffic engineers who have been looking at this area as a hotspot. Um, so right now we're anticipating turn lanes um, at all the project driveway entrances. Um, we're looking at turn lane improvements coming from Fort King Road headed west onto Island Boulevard. Um, they are proposing a right-of-way dedication along Fort King Road, which you can kind of see on this map. And then we are also looking at um, the signalization and timing is what they're looking at for that area. Um, trips will likely be distributed onto Fort King Road, or at least a portion of those, um, going down Fort King to Simons in the future when that connection is made as well. Um, so those are kind of things that we looked at to address some of that. Um, for looking at landscaping and buffering, if you look on that uh, far west portion of the property just south of the retention pond, there is one parcel that is very low density. We have asked and they have built into this plan additional landscaping and buffering um, to hide that portion um, of the multifamily from that, that one residential piece, and that is included on that plan. Um, so the proposed can, can, PUD. Yeah. Audrey, Audrey, I'm yes. sorry. Can can you show me where that low density single family is? I think I know where it's at, but. Yes, if you go up right below that retention pond to the left, yeah, right there. Oh, right there. Okay. Yeah. And then what is? Okay, that's an that's an additional area. Everything in the blue was is considered to be retention. That's correct. Okay. So Thank the zoning you. right now it is consistent with the proposed future land use classification of MU. It does meet the size requirements to establish a PUD. It is consistent with the development patterns um, surrounding uses of the, of the area, and it does meet our LDC goals, objectives, um, policies of the comp plan as well. Um, one thing I do want to note, um, if you could go to those um, that supplemental real quick. Land use is a, uh, not land use, is building typologies along Island Boulevard have been designed um, to be more of a downtown setting. So your parking would be interior to the site um, and buildings would be out towards um, Island Boulevard. So you would be looking at um, more of a storefront feel and a walkability feel. Um, and again, those along Island Boulevard would be limited to two stories. And I am told that somewhere on here you can see the four-story buildings, but I have not been able to find them. Um, but yes, you go back. Yes, thank you. Um, and then just moving on kind of to that, that last slide. Staff was recommending approval. The site plan review committee recommended approval. Um, the planning commission recommended approval. 
with the contingency that we look carefully um, at those traffic related concerns and what is being done. Um, and again, I'm here to answer any questions and the applicants representatives are here as well. Start with you. Um, <laughs> so Audrey, and my eyes are bad so I can't read all that, but yes. you said, um, and I understand this is a proposed there's no construction plans or anything like that at this that point? That is correct. So this okay. would be the PUD. Um, okay. One thing to note is it could come back to you. You guys could require it. You all could require it to come back um, for the planned unit, the final PUD master plan and layout plan for you guys to see once that's in place. This would act as the PUD plan, and then there would be a final set that could come back to you. That is allowed per our code. Okay, and then you stated um, 347 maximum amount now was that on the entire that is project? on the entire project that is on the entire project which comes out to 11 units per acre okay yes. so that sounds good my question uh, I guess would be to the mayor if you're still with us <laughs> um, planning Commission down. what did the Planning Commission what were their concerns with this project the main concern with this project was the traffic the intersection there at Island uh, and how that can be addressed they say it's you know, a lot of discussions about how bad that site already, that uh, intersection already is, and how it can be, um, how are they going to put this together and and uh, move the plan forward and, and move the traffic. And so they, of course, they said there were a couple of, there are going to be, is there two uh, entrances on, on island, um, not dumping out on the, Yes, so there's three um, proposed entrances onto island. One is existing already today, um, and they're looking at closing five of them. So today there are eight, eight um, access points off of island, um, and we would be looking at decreasing that down to three. Um, and then Anything having- off Fort King, Audrey? No, off of island, um, and there will be one access off of Fort King. Fort King. That, that was my, uh, gonna be my main concern is that that intersection right there. I mean, it's, that's going to be the probably a main focus of uh, addressment there because I just kind of envision making a left-hand turn out of there onto island is going to be virtually impossible, I would think. So we'll have to really uh, make sure we going forward we, we consider all that. That was the reason we, uh, Planning Commission, recommended that we, we look into this traffic situation right. uh, as we presented it to you guys, but it needs to be looked into. Um, with a traffic study, I think we're going to you going to go ahead and yeah, go so forward with that. We met um, last week with uh, the city's engineering consultants for traffic, um, Kimley Horn, uh, as well as the applicant's consultant to kind of go over and talk about this intersection. Um, so one thing the city is doing, and Todd mentioned it earlier, is pinpointing hotspots um, where we need to identify problem areas in the city in terms of roadway projects. And then um, our consultants are looking at what can be done at those intersections for the future so that we can establish policy um, on those. And that is something that um, we already have a work order and is already in progress. Um, they did look at this. So what, some of the things, the main thing that we did talk about was the light timing um, and sequencing that's there as well as that um, turn lane uh, improvements that there's not really a turn lane existing coming off of Fort King headed west on the island um, and that is something that was discussed and I just want to say too that uh, that render and I know it's just a rendering but I mean I think that's a, that's a really nice look to that too so that's all I have um, yes thank you madam president um, 
And, and just so I get this wrap my head around it, you say the planning commission was all for it, right? With the traffic. With, with the concerns. traffic, but they were okay with the four stories. Yes. Uh, okay, yes. which is a total flip flop. I'm going to tell you from the last two discussions we had with them. So I just want to make sure that oh, I, I got everything straight. Butting up against another four story. I, I know, I know, yeah, I know yeah. but, but they were adamantly opposed the last time we met, and I. So I'm well, just. I think I, I think the. And Mayor, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> what they looked at was the density because it is it's less than 12 units an acre, 11.8 ish acres or units per acre, where everything else we've seen has been 20. Um, so they took that into account, and then also the fact that where on the screen here you see MU and NC, that those all those buildings that are in those two rectangles would be two story, and the four story was set back off of the roadway. True, true, but was the, the, the commercial is going to generate more trips than the residential. So, you know, it's if you're talking about tr trips on the road and that, I just I find it interesting. Um, the second thing was we already had a dedicated right-hand turn lane from the people that are proposing the other thing we passed. So, so w what are we going to get in? We already have that covered, correct? Um, at this point, um, to my knowledge, that project hasn't. Oh, it's moved, not going. It has forward. not moved forward. Okay. At this point. So, I guess how do we make sure we get the dedicated right-hand turn lane at Island from somebody? I mean, and and really, in my mind, it's like, well, it's not really fair if one has to bear the cost of it, and the other project benefits from it. So, is there an equitable way that if somebody does put that in, that if if, if the other project has a utilization of it that they could help compensate or have another or is there some more money we could put into another project that would help traffic yeah so that's it's all timing and sequencing sure um, and so those are conversations that we need to have as we move forward on this project um, but I think we can do it like proportionate share like we do some of our utilities uh, that are brought in um, you know we worked it out with the Abbott square that you just approved that signalization was a 50 50 partnership between the developer and the city right. um, so we just have to get into those conversations and i think i'm confident the staff can work that out because traffic is the main issue on this for right. sure on all of it more the commercial more than the residential well, and, and you're right and and being able to get in and out from many points is a good thing they've already got the one road there that goes by the bank so that's already in there and I agree with whoever said making a left-hand turn I think councilman Burgess make a left-hand turn onto Fort King I think you can forget that I think you can't do it now you know I, I so that's an issue to think about and we can't widen the road in that area because of the lack of availability of right-of-way right I cannot answer that question I believe there's right of way there, but it's a the county would you know it's a county road, but I can't answer if if we can or cannot at this time. Well, and that's the thing that we keep coming back to is that we have these traffic engineers, we have it evaluated by the by the county, but we know where we have problems. And this is a PUD, and when it's a PUD, everything's negotiable. All the rules are off the table. You come you come back and say, hey, we got a problem here. If you want to do this. 
you know, and they're like, well, it's Res 9. Well, you can't even get a road back there. I mean, you know, it's like the reality is, is that it can be zoned whatever we want it to, whatever the county wants it to be. Getting to the site is going to be a challenge if we don't, if we don't agree to annex it. So, so I think that we're in a position to ask for what we need. Um, and this could potentially be a, a, a good development. What you know, I'm always asking for is is some portion. Can some portion of this multifamily be affordable housing? Because again, we continue, and and I get it. You're you're like of the school of trickle down. If we have enough units, the price, you know, the market will pressure the price down. But I think that you know, particularly in areas near work centers, we we don't have enough. We don't have enough housing. Absolutely right. And the other question you you brought up when you talked about it was the developers agreement. At what point? Do we enter into a developer's agreement with them on different things for the PUD? Um, it could start now, um, and generally we would want it to be in place prior to um, site development plan approval. Okay. So we don't want a bait and switch. You know, that's the thing. We don't want these folks to get highest and best use and then flip it to someone else and they come back and say, hey, we want a better deal. Mr. Knight, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Knight, Mr. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Proctor. Well, <laughs> The density of the um, under the future land use, yes. So the a, a PUD master plan with the final layout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so under our current code, uh, it does allow for that. So um, if you were to approve this and approve the ordinance and approve this plan. After that, the final PUD master plan will come back to you all for approval. So um, that'll, that can come in that other um, portion of the project. Um, so right now the buffers, again, are provided on here. But the internal site, um, so your foundation landscaping, your parking landscaping, all of that can be looked at for that final site layout. I totally agree with you, Council Lady Wilkerson. Uh, it comes up all the time. If you listen to us, traffic, traffic, traffic. We've got to take a long, hard look at all these projects and what it can be done. And, you know, all the building that's going on and another addition and our northern visitors coming back, et, et cetera, uh, we just need to take whatever necessary means that it could be. Just like you say, 
Island and, and Fort King is going to be a disaster. It's going to be a plain disaster. It's going to be worse than, than 301 and 56, and they're backed up all the way to the state park. But there's going to have to be some, some deep looking into traffic patterns. Oh, and I know the county has right away for uh, four lanes that starts right at Massey there and goes west. Mm -hmm. Are the choke point right now and is going to continue to be is that segment from Massey all the way to 301. Because right now, even cars turning left off of 301 right there in front of the Walgreens. Sometimes you can't even turn because that whole segment's already stacked up. So this isn't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that's a great project, but we got to think long term about that's that's going to be the choke point right there where you it's going to slow traffic down to a stop, and it, it's something we're going to have to work on with Pasco County too. Absolutely. So so if I mean if there's right away, which I don't know if there is or not, that we need to look at it. We only got one shot at it, you know. Is there is there you know one of the things that works about the frontage roads that whole concept is that as long as these these retail developments as long as you can cross through from 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 space to space to space and you can you can drive the back road to get mm -hmm. to another exit so, i mean i think that's what this this lends itself to that kind of 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 traffic pattern so that somebody could make a right off fort king head west along the back of that development and then head down and get so then all that pressure to to get on to island going west isn't just on this intersection you see my point is that i feel like and like they've sort of started to imply it with this white figure ground design would see the the white lines so if that can, if that one larger uh road continued and then you could get down the back so that you know circulation is 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 on both sides that would work a lot better no, you're right and, and also even connecting the project to the to the north mm -hmm. having those connections so they'd have the opportunity to go that way you know just like we had talked about with the silverado project we have the connections i mean it's it's really it's really short-sighted to put one development the other development have them all segmented that's very short-sighted we need to try and connect everything we can so that there's alternate and i tell you when it's really bad is if there's a wreck then you're like oh no it comes to a standstill so let's try and get every connection we can to every other development i mean i know it's a lot of road but is there you know i mean we have that shown as retention but there could there could in theory be a road meandering through that no, right. that area yeah. well I mean, you would there's not a connection point up there um, as you have the mobile home parts parks and then the Nick apartments project but, but um, that apartments project if it's on if it's if it's on hold or that property sells and they want to redevelop in a different way at that point we could say hey you know there's there's an opportunity for a road here to connect so that we have more of a more of a network of roads but yeah yeah well, and you then we just need to think like that. We need to think about okay, what's the where? How can we get from point A to point B and have multiple ways to achieve that? In our cars and also on foot too. You know, mm -hmm. having uh, transportation for pedestrians and bicycles, making sure that those apartments can all access whatever retail is up front there. 
Yeah, and they will be required to do um, sidewalks along Fort King, matching what's existing at Somerset, uh, as well as uh, along Island Boulevard. Just looking while we were talking, talking about right away, <clears throat> there's a significant swath to the west. You're, as Councilman Smith was saying, from Massey Road, it looks like it's about 210 foot. Um, and we're at about 120 feet in front of this property. So there may be some right away get dedication that's, that's needed and or required probably from the county as well. Yeah, it, it would, it would There's be some easement the in there some along in there, isn't there? Or is it on the north end? There is a there is an easement on the yeah if you're looking at the the map here the left um, north south arrow there's mm -hmm. an easement through there I don't know what that easement is uh, but I can see it on here um, but you know the biggest thing I think is the right of way swath on um, west of the project is about 210 feet and in front of this project is 120 so there's some there will be significant right of way I think that will be required. Didn't the county have a long-term plan to four-lane island from 54 all the way to 301 anyways? Yeah. Yes. I think 301 to that point, I think that was it. I, I, I think that it, I think there's, they'd have to buy right-of-way from Massey. The rest of the way out. Yeah. I have to buy that bank building. Or, well, they might be able to do, I don't know if they can do, can you do four lanes in 120, an urban cross-section? Well, then, then I think it would carry it to Fort King, and I think that's where... Our issue but any of that if we can get that plan I think that's wonderful okay so what action do you require of us this, this evening um, it would have to move forward um, with ordinances and any recommendations you have for changes do you have a good sense has someone been uh, you'll review the, the the minutes with with the developer and make sure we make a list and so so yes. in addition to the special consider the special concerns that the planning commission has set forth we've talked to, to about connectivity between properties we've talked about buffering additional buffering um, placement of those four-story buildings so that they're not you know right up next to the street so it's more in in line with uh, Somerset I'd like to see you know uh, a relationship between access to those residential shops from Somerset for example for pedestrian and bike uses and just the addressing the turn lanes and on at the inters and the improvements to the intersection of Island Boulevard and Fort King did I miss anything nope. rear access rear access the rear access right connectivity between okay these, you got these. it okay these the, all of these properties including the one that has already been before council but is stalled so right three projects on that property eventually um and also on the the one specific use um staff was requesting them to remove the drive-through restaurant um and applicants had requested that they keep um, that use on um so we would leave that up to you all so you're asking for that to be a condition as well that's that's correct okay for, for it to be in there or not in there not so in there. staff was asking to so we're not end up with another McDonald's or something uses. where you're generating a whole lot of traffic I say that would be and you and you say even like a Starbucks or something like that you wouldn't want in there yes um, is it because of the trip generation it, or I, yeah yes um, trip generation um, as well as the intensity um, having more of a vehicle oriented 
um, use in that area. Um, whereas this is slated for more non-residential, or I'm sorry, neighborhood residential. Um, so our neighborhood residential um, category in regular zoning, C1 would not permit that use. I can tell you but there could be a Starbucks in there and, and a little cafe. You just wouldn't be able to go through it, queue up and do a drive-thru. I can tell you the Starbucks where it is now. If you come across Daughtry and you're coming across 301 to get across, and sometimes you're having yeah, to slam on the brakes right. because they're stacked up on Daughtry. On the street. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. Again, the applicant's representatives are here. I don't know if they wanted to say anything, um, but they are here tonight. After anything from you? Tonight? Okay. Uh, so now that we've talked about all the conditions, Okay, sounds like I don't have any questions for the applicant and, her, and their group. Okay. Um, I, so are Madam we President, ready to move? I, I will. I'll make the motion. I, and I would move approval and I would uh, add the staff's recommendation of not allowing the drive through uh, in the project. Um, and then also with the items that you noted earlier. We have a motion. Do we have a second? I'll second that. We have a second for Mr. Proctor. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Anyone opposed? Seeing none, motion carries. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Next up is the Zephyr Storage LLC conditional use. I think we're on board with this one, so let's keep it short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Vandenberg. <laughs> and I, I promise you my power PowerPoint won't be as, as pretty as Audrey's is, yeah. but we have a conditional use petition that's been submitted by Zephyr. Zephyr Storage LLC for the construction of a proposed indoor storage facility pursuant to the ordinance that y'all recently approved associated with section 709.16 for land development code for uh, indoor storage facilities outside the CRA of the form based code exceeding one story or 15 feet they're required to go through a conditional use and that's what this uh, individual group is providing I have a PowerPoint we'll run through here quickly Here's the subject property we've seen it. We're all familiar with it, okay? Here's a survey showing trees um, that we're trying to preserve as many of those, of course, around the perimeter. Obviously, the ones in the middle have to come out, but we're, we're working with the applicant to maximize tree preservation around the perimeter. Here's a site plan. Uh, you can see this is the old site plan. We're, we're proposing them to connect from Daughtry Road with emergency access Knox box like we were talking about out earlier and then uh, they're still working through the, the drainage calcs stormwater retention it's in the basins part of the properties in a flood zone so they're dealing with all the engineering aspects on that okay initial elevations were three stories all IFAS design very basic on the detail it was not the most attractive looking building we got a couple <laughs> slides that are a little difficult to tell but we can run through those where you see the uh, elevation go to the next one um, just very basic on the perimeter exterior and now uh, we'll go to the what, what staff has worked with them quite a bit to incorporate architectural elements brick accents and other details uh, to make it look completely different from the original submittals okay so here's the, the what you're seeing now is a view from 301 they have a smaller 29 foot height building that's in character with the height of other buildings along 301 which is kind of nice and then the the higher building from 39 feet to 41 with the facade uh, architectural elements is shifted to the back there with a drive access here connecting to Gaul. ok 
Okay. Here's just the, the building itself. Okay, some landscaping. Uh, some landscaping around the building. We've even had them put in, which a lot of times you don't see, but uh, an enhanced buffer along the perimeter, a decorative fence, and some uh, landscaping even along the building to spruce it up a little bit. Okay. And here I'm showing the subject property. Uh, Councilman Knight, the, you no longer see the dices there on the right side of there. Of course, that's gone away with this property. I know we'll miss it, but it's it's gone, will be gone. Um, and there, there you can see the view shed of looking west, uh, and you can see how the three-story uh, structure in the back is very limited uh, in view from 301, based on the what's going on with landscaping the 29-foot tall building in the front. Okay. Uh, can I just reiterate real quick, the building that Dices was in, the building that's there now, will be demoed, <clears throat> and this building is going in its place. Original conversations was that this building sat behind the no. existing and, building. And is this part of the form base? Is this part of the area with the form base code? This nope. is not right up next to the street, is it? No, it's not. It, it's not in the form base code. Okay. That's correct. So it it would be nice if it would pull back, so that the people who are in the uh, yellow building with the, the on the right that it's not impeding signage and visibility for you know at least from the from the street so I know I get it that they want you know street frontage but maybe that's a sign in the in the buildings pushed back a little we, bit we can look so at tall. the engineered site plan which we're beginning to look at but we can look at that front front yard setback and take into consideration the buildings to the north for sure Okay, the next one. Here, here you can see that access from Daughtry Road. So they, they essentially got an access. And, and here again, you can see the indoor storage facility. Can you see it behind that tree there? Yep, right. So again, it's hardly invisible from Daughtry Road there. These views that we have this company doing for us now really help show the visuals. And, and so, yeah, they will have a, at least an emergency access point onto this. Okay. Here you can see uh, an enhanced fence, some other projects that they've done with enhanced buffering. And uh, I, I think I, I've talked with Councilman uh, Wilkerson. Uh, they're, they're adding brick treatments. We've got a couple examples here. We can scroll through them. They're open to doing any type, color of brick that, that the city is interested in. We can go to the next slide. That's a little hard to see, but a grayish brick. So we have that first one. The grayish brick in the next slide uh, some different options but uh, so we're looking at the buildings that you saw originally but they're open to the idea of the brick color that the city's most interested in they said they'll work with us so we can have that discussion later on if, as necessary palm coast, palm coast has some really good architectural standards too okay what yeah. else do we have okay here's some more brick done on a building Okay, is that the last one? Yep, that's the last one. The other thing that I wanted to mention, um, there's virtually no water impact as we discuss. Hardly any traffic generated uh, based on the type of use. And we've talked about the height. Just want to make sure I was clear on that. The front building is 29 foot 6 inches. The rear ranges uh, from 38 at the height of the, the roof to 40.9 inches with the, the architectural elements. 
and they've uh, agreed to do the architectural elements providing these renderings you've seen today with uh, an enhanced fence and enhanced landscaping uh, we do have the, the applicants re representative here if you have any questions for him I just have one question so uh, the, the fencing the entire project gonna be fenced in or how, how are they yes. gonna do that okay perimeter what was that part about fencing yeah perimeter fence around the entire no. project security issue right, with it, right. yeah. security lights and yeah any questions mr proctor nope. Nope. mr nope. smith okay i'll entertain a motion then move approval of this item madam president second we have a motion and a second to approve zephyrhorge llc conditional use all those in favor please say aye aye, aye. aye. thank you very Opposed? much motion carries thank, thank you, you mr vandenberg appreciate Thanks, it next up is um bear with me just a moment City Citizen. managers. No, citizen. Oh, citizens. Citizens Okay. Uh, Mr. Walters, just one, make sure for the record that you've noticed we haven't approved anything that's over 12 units an acre this, this evening. Well. Do we have anyone here? <laughs> yes, we have two people signed up to speak. Uh, the first one it will be um, Bobby Green. Green, come on up. State your name and address for the record, please. Good evening, Council President, members of the Council. I'm Bobby Green, the Executive Director of the Ridge League of Cities. Yay. And just wanted to uh, come before you to uh, give greetings on behalf of the Ridge League for the benefit of those in the room. The Ridge League of Cities is an organization that represents 24 cities. We start up here in Pasco with uh, Zephyr Hills and Dade City. We go all the way south to DeSoto County and Arcadia, pick up uh, Hillsboro, uh, Highlands, Hardy, DeSoto, and Polk County. So uh, as the executive director just started here this year and wanted to make my rounds to all the cities to introduce ourselves, uh, the Ridge League of Cities represents all of those 24 cities. They're elected officials uh, in Tallahassee with our parent organization, the Florida League of Cities. We uh, represent things such as advocacy when we go to Tallahassee to support good legislation. Uh, we also work together to kind of make bad legislation a little bit better, uh, we hope. Uh, and we also just work well with each other. Cities have a means in which we, uh, you've got an awful lot going on here in Zephyr Hills, sitting here in your meeting tonight to see that. Each uh, member city has a board member. Uh, Councilman Proctor is your board member with the Rich League of Cities. Uh, we have an upcoming meeting. This week happens to be in Winter Haven. Uh, our next dinner meeting will be in Haines City in December, December the 8th. That is uh, when we bring our associate members together. And kind of like they do at the Florida League of Cities where they have the exhibit hall, we'll have all of our associate members on display for all of our member cities to see them. We also give out about $25,000 each year in scholarships at Fred Hills High School. Uh, is also uh, eligible for those uh, scholarships. We give out a $2,500 academic scholarship, and we also give out a $1,250 vocational scholarship to students. Uh, the Ridge League also supports the USF ICMA student chapter there at the University of South Florida. So I just wanted to come to you and just say uh, greetings on behalf of the Ridge League invite you to participate. Uh, we start our 75th year now this month, uh, and Zephyr Hills has had a long history in uh, the Ridge League of Cities as well. 
I also want to point out that later this month or in the middle of this month, we have Florida City Government Week, uh, which is part of the Florida League of Cities initiative as well. I know you agree with me, every week is Florida City Government Week. Uh, we are the government that's closest to the people. But we do have a Ridge League initiative this year that we've asked several of our cities to participate. And I'm very pleased to suggest that Zephyr Hills and Dade City will be partnering, as will Auburndale and Lake Alfred, Winter Haven and Haines City, and also uh, Wachula and Arcadia. And what we're going to do during that week is uh, come up with some projects that our cities are working on and let's share some of our manpower if we have that and equipment available to do that with our cities and i know your city manager is working with the dade city city manager to identify those projects a lot of times we're, we're currently maybe short on staffing and the like if we can maybe get their public works crew to come over here for a day and we can send them our public works crew may have the manpower to do a project that may have been delayed, postponed, or even canceled. So I want to thank your city manager for working on that. On a personal note, uh, I've been the former city manager in Auburndale for 30 years, and prior to that I was an elected official for six years, including mayor. Uh, cities do have a means in which, if you want to, you can work with your neighboring cities. And a lot of times when a hurricane comes by, most certainly in Florida, we know how to do that. Um, the young man that followed me in Auburndale, not just young in age, but also young in tenure, called me after the storm. And he said, I just got to tell you about a phone call that I got. And it was really meant a lot to me. He said, Billy Poe called me from Zephyr Hills and just asked if there was anything that we could do to help. He said, no, sir. He said, I got everything I think we need. Went into a staff meeting, got his utilities director there, and everything was working well, except for one of our master lift stations. He said, I think we've got everything we need, but buddy, if we could just get a generator, maybe we could get that uh, headache of the master lift station taken care of. Our city manager called your city manager, and Billy Poe came through, and in my city, during the storm aftermath, we had a generator sitting there running one of our master lift stations. I've always had a great amount of respect for your city manager, and I've got even more now. So thank you very great much job. to the city of Zephyr Hills. We appreciate you. Come join us in the Ridge League of Cities. Thank, thank you, you, Mr. Green, and thank welcome. You. Thank you. Good for you. that either. <laughs> well, we had this conversation, and he said, no, we're, you know, because I, I asked about the Rotary Club was going to partner with the city. He was like, no, we're, we, we lend manpower and equipment, um, but, you know, we're not spending the taxpayers' money on that, and that's the right, that's the right approach. So. Did you say that just like you told him to, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone else? Yes. Um, Zephyr Hills High School, JROTC. We'll be speaking which cadet. Thank you. If you would, please, young man, state your name and address for the record. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Cadet Lieutenant Colonel Parker Stuckey, the battalion commander for the Zephyr Hills High School JRTC program, and our address is 6335 12th Street, Zephyr Hills, Florida. And um, in JRTC, our mission is to motivate young people to be better citizens and scholars. And um, as a battalion, 
to provide a quality citizenship, character, service, and leadership development program. Um, we have certain funds given to us from our booster club and from the school and from the United States Army. Um, these, uh, these kind of funds, they help us go to different events and supply us whenever we um, volunteer in our community, such as uh, a month ago we went to Zephyr Park and we did coastal cleanup and we cleaned up around the Zephyr Park uh, ponds. And one that's coming up is the Veterans Day Parade. We're going to march around um, the city of Zephyr Hills. And uh, an another big one that we have coming up, and I wish I had the, the sheets to give to you guys today, but we have Reese Across America. What we do is we go to Bushnell National Cemetery and we go out and we lay wreaths on veterans' uh, graves. And what you can do is a, is a part of our fundraiser that we do as well, but we give sheets out and anybody who has a loved one or a friend that's buried in the Bushnell National Cemetery will do a honor guard and we'll do a special ceremony laying a wreath on their grave. And um, it's a pretty special thing and we have tons and tons and tons of wreaths that we can give out for those kinds of things. Um, and that's other on things, December 19th, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. But okay. the schedule can change, whatever you know needs to happen, but that should be the date. Um, another thing is uh, the Army changed their uniform in 2017 from ACUs, which is the digital camo, to the OCPs, which is the more greenish kind of camo look. And we had a supply of the digital camos before, and we're trying to have every cadet have those same uniforms um, throughout the year. And um, as well as our different teams, our teams um, go to a lot of competitions. We have a new drone team, a robotics team. Our Raiders team went to states last year, and we did pretty good. Our districts team is going to nationals this year. Or, um, excuse me, our, yeah, our drill team is going to dis uh, nationals this year. And um, there are certain things that we have to upgrade because we are really good. We, um, we do place very high in competitions, but we want to be the best. And we really do enjoy representing our city. It's a beautiful, it's a great town. And uh, we really do um, love showing uh, what Zephyr Hills um, has. And um, just anything, um, and, and for our project patriotism is a big one. What we do is we go out and we have a service learning project and we go out and we serve our community in a big way. And uh, last year, or two years ago, we got, we were on ABC, uh, excuse me, ABC News and um, Bay News 9. And they did a story about what we did at Oakside Cemetery when we cleaned the, uh, the graves and we did a flag retirement ceremony. And we do that almost every year. And um, I just think that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good program that brings in kids from, uh, they may be going down the wrong path in life. And I think that as a program, you know, we like to, um, you know, give out a lot of things. And the only way that we can stay you know, prosperous as a as a program is if um, we have these uh, certain uh, funds. And I was just asking if if anything anything would be beneficial, any sort of a thing would be beneficial because we appreciate anything that um, the city can do for us. And um, in the past, you guys have helped us out a lot, and we do appreciate that. And um, just wanted to thank every guys, every one of you guys to. Uh, for our time tonight, and um, yeah.
Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Uh, Cadet Stuckey. We, we, you know, as a group, we all support Junior ROTC. We think it's a great organization. Every year when you come to us, it's time to do the Oakside Cemetery. We provide funds for, for that. And um, I personally am donating money for the Reese Across America. So we appreciate you being here and giving us an update. Enjoy Thank you guys very much. Madam President, could I? Yes. I, I know we have a youth fund in the uh, in our budget, correct? Don't we? We do. Yes, sir. Is this something we could utilize for this group, for the uh, JROTC? I believe we could. Okay. Yeah, I don't if but, council And I, and I certainly direction. think y'all are a well-deserving group. And I just wondered what you did bad that you had to sit through a whole council meeting <laughs> as a punishment. <laughs> but I, I think that deserves a, a, a big donation just sitting through this meeting, you know. But, but in all seriousness, I do think that we should give them a nice, healthy donation from the youth fund because that's why we established it. So is there, is the youth fund, is it earmarked for specific um, groups and, and do we have a breakdown of the budget or can, is it something you can do at your discretion? I think I could, if council says donate, then I have the discretion or the city manager has the discretion um, to give funds. We do, we budgeted 14,000 I believe. Um, we currently give to Zephyr Hills Little League football, baseball. Uh, basketball, uh, the cheer group. The cheer group. I can't think of the, their do name. Anything for the Boy Scouts? Yeah, cheer element, sir. Do, you do anything for the Boy Scouts? Uh, we give to the Girl Scouts because the Boy Scouts don't have the proper documentation to receive funds that we require. Um, and that's all that we fund at the moment. I think uh, we just recently funded the um, police. Um, Athletically, youth, youth that's correct. Or, that's going to be in Wesley Chapel. There, there's yeah. one that's in Wesley Chapel. It's a community event. Uh, PD's participating in. Um, Mr. King, Chris, Chris, Chris. Christopher <laughs> King is uh, the sponsor of that or the organizer of that. So we're going to use some dollars um, for that event as well. So there are there are there is funding available that we can utilize. Okay. Well, I'd like to see us give a, a healthy donation to a, okay. you know. A, a, at least a thousand dollars that's my own personal opinion so and and if we wanted to add some personally we could do that as well because i think y'all do great things so and we appreciate so you uh, i would like founders day will be here before long and i know that y'all together we'd i'd like to see your group uh, march as part of the founders day i know that we did um we did have that planned and um i know that we're going to do an honor guard for that so um look forward to us being there Oh, I'll get, I'll get with Commander Stuckey. I see him every action, every yeah. Saturday, so we'll have a conversation. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate Thanks it. For coming. Thank you. Any further citizen comments, Madam Clerk? Uh, nope, nobody else has signed up. Okay, at this time I'd like to invite the mayor to share his comments with us. Just a couple. I wanted to thank Shane and his crew for the nice job they did on 7th Street over here. It's a nice ride now without the humps in the middle of the road. <laughs> just want to thank him for that and um, also I want to thank Mr. Poe for uh, his efforts to help as, as we were Auburndale yeah I was I couldn't remember the city but uh, thank you for his help um, I know we uh, we would support that in a heartbeat if it came to us real quick or something we would be ready to do it and he took care of it for us and I, I appreciate it that's all I have. 
Um, I just thank you to, to Mr. Green for coming and speaking about the Ridge League and, and saying nice things about me. I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, seriously, thank you to Public Works, Utilities, PD, um, all the employees, you know, the response that they provided. Thank God we were not hit by the storm. You know, it did miss us per se. I know there's a lot of debris out there, um, but all of the crews were ready to go, um, you know, prepared. They were ready to go Wednesday. And so <clears throat> just thanks to, to all the departments. So, and that's all I have. Haggard. I'll just uh, want to say that, you know, Mr. Ryman will be missed. And he was a fellow Rotarian, and not in my club, but down here in Zephyr Hills. And every time there was a fundraiser, he would show up at my office and refuse to leave without a check. So <laughs> I remember those times, and I would get a kick out of that. So um, yeah, I just want to give my condolences to the family. Purchase. Oh, I just uh, real quick, like the, the mayor said it, you know, same thing, 7th Street chain, it's, a, it's a really a joy to drive on now. Billy, thanks for taking the initiative there. Mr. Green, thanks for coming and speaking for me for us. I think that might have been the first time this ever happened, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, my one thing is uh, I kind of touched on it very briefly last meeting because we had another meeting after that, but uh, and we discussed a little bit of it uh, tonight. Uh, Councilwoman Wilkerson brought up with uh, the Duke thing there where they had agreed to do a certain thing and then maybe have not followed through on that. And, uh, you know, Councilman Smith brought up too about, you know, some of the other projects. I'm going to say it again. Cossack Road is a dog run right now. There's a developer's agreement that they were going to have a road done on December 31st of this year. It's not going to be there. At some point, and as we move forward with some of these projects, we need to make sure that we, as Councilman Smith said last meeting, there's some sort of a mechanism in there. And I know we can, there's a couple of things we can do up there, but something needs to start getting done there. I'm sure. sorry. You know, Pure I've been joking with Todd for three years right. about it, but it's not a joke anymore. I mean, that, that was what they agreed to do, and that's what should be there. However they're going to do it, I mean, that's up to them. But anyways, that's all I have to say about that. So. Had a conversation with staff, uh, actually with Todd and Rodney uh, today, talking about Cossack, that development up there. There's actually plats three, five, and six that are sitting in the planning department, uh, and there has been correspondence to the developer that those plats will not be brought before council until we get some direction and and some um, guarantees of the road being constructed. Um, so. We're waiting on that correspondence back. We're just not, a, at this point, we are not approving any more plats until we get some, have some communication. So. Even with that, at some point, I mean, there is an agreement there by a certain right. date that, there, you know, we may have to start moving forward in some other manners, too. Right. Uh, I was going to ask if we have legal recourse, but that's another conversation well, right. with Mr. Okay. Mr. Uh, Maggard. I mean, yeah, I'll jump in on that real quick. Uh, developers agreements just had an agreement and we, we can take action to enforce it. Um, my advice would be to wait until the deadline's passed to take the action so we don't get a motion dismissed right away in a lawsuit um, because, it, you know, it's not yet ripe. But although arguably, 
arguably it's it's right because they can't construct a road that fast but contract gives them until that time and until that time passes I think it's it's better to wait but as soon as that happens uh, we have a decision to make or, or you all have a decision to make as a council of whether we take legal action to enforce that agreement well I don't want to hurt the developers and I think the truth is is that is that the interest rates have slowed the the um, you know <coughs> buying you know the buyers out there and and that they may be making a calculated risk by letting letting the flat sit in there we just don't know but I think we we still need to expect them to do what they say they're going to do that's that's only right and, and I think you're right and uh, I think we've got to have teeth in the thing I think if you couldn't get a CEO for an existing plat, I think that's pretty good teeth. Because if you sold a house and you can't get the CEO, they're probably going to be motivated. You know, uh, plats just is it's good, but it's just sitting there. It's not really hurting them. You know, and we we weren't the ones who agreed to it. They were the ones who agreed to it, right? So we've got to have teeth in these things and all these things. We need to think about that. Same way with the construction. If they flood somebody, we've got to have some recourse to go after them. Uh, if we don't, it, you know, we're, we're just basically relying on their good goodwill. And and let's face it, the developers have made a tremendous amount of money in the last three or four years. They've got the money to go ahead and do the thing. We know that. Well, I think we'll we'll reach out to to uh, Mr. Standard who spoke earlier because <clears throat> he talked about the interim um, construction. Uh, for stormwater, so I will reach out to him and, and learn a little bit more about that. I think that's something yeah. that we'll implement. Yeah, I mean, you know, or if there's some bonding that can be done for damages, something like that. I think we should. I think we should require it. I and you, you and the thing about it is, them not connecting hurts all the residents around it. It doesn't hurt them that much. But it hurts the people all along Wire Road. It hurts the people who try and go the intersection of Pretty Pond, and it's crowded. Where if they had that cut, people could go right through there. So, um, you know, I, I the, the more and more this goes on, the less and less sympathy I have for the developer. I'll be honest with you. So. The action I would I would want to take is to seek a declaratory judgment from a court, ordering them for specific performance to comply with you, and put you know timelines in the court order and uh, eventually it'll be up to the judge to enforce the agreement uh, and hopefully it doesn't come to that but yeah, I think, and, and I that's think, the last resort I mean that but that's the enforcement mechanism but sometimes we have to go ahead and do that little bit to say hey we're you know we're not kidding around yeah so. I think it, it's a good idea to to have these discussions early to let them know that you know that's the action that's likely going to happen it, it's not a joke it's not a threat it's right and they're the ones who agreed to it it's not like they developed it they've made the money on the development they agreed to do that they're not doing it so we've got it's our responsibility in my opinion to enforce it that these people do that that's right so, it's our it's our obligation to to our constituents in the tech yeah that's right yeah, because yep. when, we, when we approve these projects and the citizens say well, what are you doing there with where well, we're oh, going to they're going to have this well and then so the we infrastructure it's like we're improve empty. the right of way right. Yeah, yeah that's right it's like oh yeah what about that connection now yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah. but anyway uh, so talking about talking about 
deadlines just before we get off this that we should have some internal deadlines to do exactly what we've talked about here and that is start implementing some of these codes and ordinances that protect people like Ms. Earl and you know so 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 we have some um, you know we have some teeth in these agreements and it gives the staff teeth to, to enforce it too right. but anyway I'm, I'm gonna say anything else yeah I, I'm happy to have you, you young people here it's always good to see young people and everybody else who's come I appreciate it. it's nice having a crowd sometimes we're sitting here by ourselves so I appreciate y'all being here tonight thanks Thank you, gentlemen. All very proud of you. Keep up the good work, and uh, you are certainly a model for everyone. Chief, you and Shane, thank you so much for what you did during the hurricane. My hat's off to you. I don't want to sound like a Grinch, but Mr. Poe, let me ask you this. More and more are popping up. The, the food vendors, especially along uh, Fifth Avenue on Friday and Saturday night seem like they're are, have they got a license and I'm and can they do it I remember the when the first food vendor came that uh, Mr. Mathis I believe it was wanted to sell barbecue and uh, he went through the right thing went through the right process sorry the rules have changed a little bit on how food vendors are um, regulated and that's per the state one of those home rule um, impacts yeah. uh, that we don't get to necessarily control awesome. it as much so um, Audrey has a better under yeah grasp so on what that. we do have in place is we have an ordinance in place that says where they can go um, so private non-residential property um, in the downtown area specific zoning districts are called out um, certain places in parks things like that um, right now per state state statutes we are not allowed to license um, or otherwise register them um, with the city as long as they're meeting the state's requirements for licensing we can control again where they're located making sure that it is safe um, and the amount of vendors that can be at one location um, but we do not license or permit or register oh, them so a guy that's down in Zephyr Park now is that okay he's on our park property mm -hmm. that's okay yes so they are limited to um, three days a week 
uh, is supposed to be what the limitation is. I know code enforcement's gone around um, in the past and talked to um, several of the vendors just letting them know, hey, you do have a three-day limit um, every calendar week or um, to be at this location, and then you have to move on to another. Well, anybody, and I'm not being facetious, but anybody can park on the street Fifth Avenue and sell. Uh, and as long as they're in a designated parking space and there's not more than um, it doesn't matter I'm yeah. just saying they can, yes. anybody can set mm -hmm. up yeah as long as they do have the state licensing requirements um, we do reserve the right to inspect so um, if we question it or someone does call them and we can um, request to see their license their insurance um, and their health inspection information I just hope that it, and my, my being like I say not being a grinch I just hope that the city would never be responsible if something negative happened in one of them. Because one of those guys is doing barbecuing, and I'd hate for a little kid to come along, put his hand on that thing, and say, oh, well, you know, well, we're going to sue the city. Yeah, I, I don't think that the city's um, responsible or liable. Um, you know, it's, on city it, property. Correct. Um, I mean, we, what we can do is we can get the rules to you, because they can be in a parking space as long as they don't take up more than one space. Like Audrey was saying, we have certain guidelines of, of where and when they can be there, um, but they are regulated by the Department of Health and um, you know the state. Didn't we have some health things that we would that were maybe more stringent than what just their license requires? Did we have something in there? I thought we talked about different. Like we off, were planning on doing that, but we were preempted. But so state. that preempts that too. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious if, you know, like you say in, in my last comment, are they up to date on health standards and everything else? I'm just, I just, I, I just see something negatively happening and then there's always, well, I won't say there's always attorneys out there that are willing to, willing and ready to jump on something negative. Well, I just, just concerned. It seemed like we started with maybe there was one, there was one by the, by the brewery and then we went to two and now they're there's they're all up and down the streets state put very little or put limitations to where we have very little say in uh, what they can and can't do that state took over the regulation so the the location the days a week is about all we're permitted to control that and fire codes so if, you know if they have generators they, they have to follow certain procedures and, and if propane that type of thing but um, the actual food safety and uh, licensing is all done by the state of Florida now thank you oh thank you. oh I'm mr. mr. Ryman was in my club and he is uh, he was a founding member of the daybreak Rotary Club he was um, the best fundraiser and and uh, for about 30 years we supported Haiti and his commitment there that was our international project through Rotary, and uh, he will be sorely missed. He's a very special person, and um, you know, leaves a big hole in our in our collective hearts. So, uh, if there's nothing further, ladies and gentlemen. Let's close this meeting. It's eight o'clock.